0: I'm so glad you're joining me for this episode of Street Soldiers on Hip Hop 50 Live. You know we've been talking about the 50th anniversary of hip hop all year long, and it's all culminating in a gigantic concert at Yankee Stadium. So what we're talking about in this episode are some of the acts, what's led to this, and more importantly, the positive influence that hip hop has had on our lives personally, and also our culture and our country over these last decades. And I got an amazing panel to break this all down for us. Joining us is DJ Marley Marl. He is a legendary DJ, everybody knows him. He's a Grammy award-winning producer. He will be on that Yankee Stadium stage. Marley, thank you so much for being with us.
1: Yeah, pleasure to be here and thanks for having me. I appreciate
0: it. No, we appreciate it. Also with us is Ruben Diaz Jr. He's a board member of the Hip Hop Museum. He's also the former Bronx Borough President He has been one of the driving forces in getting this all recognized, getting hip-hop recognized. He and I go way back on Street Soldiers to when he was a New York State assemblyman. I call him the hip-hop assemblyman. And uh, he stood with the culture from the very beginning, even though a lot of people told him it would hurt his political career. And look where he is today. So he's done a lot of groundwork to get everything to where it is right now. Ruben, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for having me, Lisa. We appreciate it. Also with us, Chuck Kriegmer. He's a CEO and co-founder of AllHipHop.com. He's been at the concerts, behind the scenes, reporting on them, covering hip hop for years, and uh, we're going to get his take on everything that's happening right now. Chuck, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for having me. Marley, I want to start. I want to start with you on this because we've talked a lot about this, and it's so exciting. How how are you feeling about? the Yankee Stadium stage.
1: I think that Yankee Stadium stage is incredible because I'll go to most Yankee games. I always sit (laughs) right up front, but it's going to be crazy that night because you have to think that's the day hip-hop was born. That's hip-hop's birthday. So, you know, the energy, the synergy that's going to be in the building, incredible. You got run DMC, got salt and Pepper. You got, oh, it's just the, the lineups are ridiculous. But when I hit that stage and we do that tribute, it's gonna be crazy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I I'm pretty sure nobody will be sitting down. Anybody that has a seat is not gonna be sitting down.
1: That's right. That's right. And you know, and just for the just think about it. Like, hip hop is 50 years old. You know what I'm saying? This is this is an incredible time right now for hip hop. It's like the golden era of hip hop right now, the golden age actually. And you know, that's crazy. I mean, I didn't think it was gonna get this far. I, you know, I'm the, I'm the first one to say that, you know, when I first heard the first hip hop records, I was like, hmm, that's not what I fell in love with, with the tapes. Like, the scratching wasn't there. The echoes wasn't there. The the breakbeats wasn't there. But as time went on, you know, we started sampling we started making the genre, you know, they started making money. They got rid of the bands and started sampling and it, it became crazy. Right? It just became crazy and just to see where it's at now. I travel the world off hip hop. There's places that I'm sitting around like, wow, I'm here because of hip hop. If it wasn't for hip hop, I wouldn't be there. So this is incredible how the world accepted it, you know?
0: How yeah, it's truly global, truly, truly global for sure. Ruben, in terms of the, in terms of getting the re- the recognition, how do you feel about where things are
2: today? Well, first of all, let me just say, talk about sitting somewhere and saying, wow, I'm here. Saying, wow, I'm on the same um, uh, interview with Marley Ma. And for those of us who grew up in the eighties, when we saw that there was a transition between sampling initially to having your own beats and Marley Marl came with all of the, um, keyboards when he did my melody with Rakim and, and he did the Juice Crew All-Stars, uh, mm-hmm. so I just want to thank you for having me here. Look, that night is going to be incredible. That whole day, Lisa is going to be incredible. Why? Because even before. Uh, the actual concert at Yankee Stadium. During the day at Lil Palm Park, over there on Exterior Street in the Bronx, we're gonna have a free block party. So we invite everybody. We're gonna have, you know, Chuck D. We're gonna have so many of the pioneers out there. There's gonna be food, there's gonna be music, uh, there's even going to be like a B-boy breakdancing battle out there. And what we the, with the what the big announcement is going to be is at, on the Hip Hop Museum, which I'm a board member of, and it opens up later in 2024, what we're going to do on that day is that we're going to unveil some of the images of our pioneers on the window of the Hip Hop Museum. And so we wow. invite everyone. It's a great celebration, great recognition, and um, I'm happy to say that part of the proceeds, of the concert are going to go to operating the hip hop museum. And so for that, we want to thank mass appeal. We want to thank live nation. We want to thank, you know, everybody involved. So buy well, a ticket, I mean, that, is, that is fantastic.
0: Chuck, what do you think? I mean, we've had a lot of conversations, you know, over, over recent years too, like about the direction of hip hop, about what's happening. How do you feel about the way this whole year and the, and the, and especially the the, the pioneers and the, the ones that have gone through every era, like Marley are, how
3: the impact. I think it's wonderful, you know, and I love this uh, block party because it it also highlights a lot of the folks we don't see as much, you know, like the Skinny Boys or Rockmaster Scott and the Fearless Four and all those, you know, those people that we haven't seen as much. And that's what I'm excited about. But overall, I think we're doing a great job this year. Um, you know, hip hop has so much to offer. And I understand that Uh, Some of the corporations are now, you know, having a say so in what's being projected. But what I want people to understand is that the culture is so rich and it's so deep and there's so many artists that don't get name checked. And I think we have to dig really deep and deeper and continue to uh, explore what hip hop has to offer, not only 50 years ago, but now in the present day, because there's a lot going on. And I know we like to be negative about it but there's also a lot of positive going on. So I'm excited and I try to encourage my older friends to stay engaged because I think the young generation needs us and actually wants our direction more than we really admit.
2: No, I absolutely. just to piggyback on Jumping, may, in, please. Let me piggyback on that, just to echo some of what uh, Chuck just said. You know, hip hop is the biggest bridge to so many different divides in our society. Is the reason why a white girl from Florida uh, can identify with a black boy from Flatbush, and think about the evolution throughout the years. It's it's bridged the divide on race, right? Initially, it was black and Puerto Ricans, and now the Latino races, you know, has is such a big umbrella. But if you go to Japan, Germany, this is global, um, and and even geographically, it's a it's a it's a bridge. It's a bridge among among um, economic status. Billionaires listen to hip hop. And so do you know people who don't have many means. Uh, and look at how it's even involved with the LGBT plus community. Um, you, you've gotten places where folks are now authors like Fat Joe and Chuck D. Even even Slick Rick has done a children's book with his you know with his children's story. So it's fed so many families throughout fifty years. And then for someone like me who's an, um, a recovering politician, right? It informed me. It informed me on my borough. It informed me of you know KRS One. You know, you know when he when he did you know the, the you know the South Bronx, he made me feel proud of a, a of where I'm from, even though other people looked at us in a negative light. So it gave me that swag, it gave me that confidence, and it gave me that sense of pride uh, to not only say that I'm from the Bronx, but also want to make where I come from a whole lot better. And, and you know, and now I'm 50 years old, just like hip hop, just so like you,
0: and hip hop baby, a real hip hop <laughs> baby, Marley. What what about the explosion? Because when you were traveling, you going through the the Juice Crew. There was no internet. There wasn't the instant distribution of music. You had to really work these records in a kind of a I guess we'd say now an analog way, like it's hand to hand, meeting the fans, standing up, you know, shaking their hands and signing, you know, signing the CD cover for them as they're waiting online when it, when the music drops. What impact has that had on this this huge international push? Now.
1: Well, internationally, you got to think about it. When me and Mr. Magic was the it was the first hip-hop radio station, you know, the first hip-hop radio show when we got on WBLS, our tapes, we would do our show Friday and Saturday nights. By Tuesday, those tapes would be in Tokyo. <laughs> Don't ask me how. They, they, by, by by Wednesday, they would be in London. It's like, so there was no internet, but those, those tapes was moving around. There was people out there. I think people used to just fly into New York, tape the show, and fly back out and distribute it around the world. You know, a lot of guys I I, I met in Japan told me that they used to actually do that, that they used to, I'm the guy that used to get your tapes to Tokyo. Oh. In two days? Yeah. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so there was
0: no internet, but I tell you, those tapes were moving.
3: That's why. Absolutely.
0: And then moving and moving people and continuing to move the culture. We're going to continue talking about the Hip Hop 50 live concert and all, also celebrating hip hop's 50th anniversary with our panel. When we come back, stay with us. This is Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers.
3: What it do, what it do, man. It's your boy Roscoe Dash. And this is the Street Soldier with Lisa Evers, man. Real issues, real politics, real people. Only on Hot 97. Let's do it. I'm so glad
0: you're joining me for this episode of Street Soldiers on Hip Hop 50 Live, a huge concert taking place on the birthday of hip hop in the Bronx at Yankee Stadium. And we have an amazing panel to talk about everything that's going on, not just with the concert, but also with the culture and uh, just with this huge year long celebration that's just focused a lot on the accomplishments of so many individuals. Joining me for this conversation, the one and only DJ Marley Marl, legendary DJ, Grammy award winning producer. He's also going to be on that Yankee Stadium stage. Marley, thank you so much for being with us.
1: Thanks for having me. Pleasure to be
0: here. We really appreciate it. Also with us is Chuck Kreekmer. He is the CEO and co-founder of AllHipHop.com. Chuck has spent a lot of time behind the scenes in hip-hop, talking with the artists famous and -and up-and-coming, and those who, in some cases, have not gotten all the attention and credit that they deserve. Chuck, thank you so much for being with us. Thanks for having me. We really appreciate it. Also, this is Ruben Diaz Jr. He's a board member of the Hip Hop Museum. He's also the former Bronx Borough president. Uh, Ruben, thank you, and thank you. and you've been so instrumental in getting everything to the point that it's at now. So thank you so much for joining us.
2: Always a pleasure, Lisa.
0: We we really appreciate it, Marley. When you look at the when you look at the so-called hip hop generation gap, you know people talk about the old school, the new school. There's you know there's a buzz now about okay people are not accepting these up and coming artists uh, because they want to dominate. What do you think about that? Is that, is this just like an internet thing or, you know, something going on in the comments section or is this real?
1: I think that's a lot of comments in the comments section because I see, you know, a lot of the older artists, they do accept the younger artists and, you know, they do, they send it, give the jewels too. I mean, we got a lot of jewels, you know, we've been through a lot um, publishing masters and everything. So we have been there and, you know, we could show you what to look for. And, you know, so I think that there's a lot of people that's not really in the industry because I see my industry cats, they accepting
2: everybody, they accepting it all. Lisa, least, least, I also think that that's a lot of, um, you know, um, industry chatter because look at, you know, obviously hip hop, like I said, is a, is a bridge to so many different divides. And it's got to be a bridge for a generational divide. Like, we are parents now. You know, those of us who grew up with hip-hop. We have adult children. We are grandparents. <laughs> so you, have, you have, you you know, my sons who are grown men now, but they know all of the words to, like, you know, Slick Rick songs and and Dougie Fresh. And, and, and if it wasn't for them, like, I wouldn't know, you know, what Drake was putting out at the time or, you know, what A Boogie has put out. And so this stage now, what we what we're trying to do is the impossible, right? It's going to be a, an amazing night. We're trying to condense fifty years of a narrative into you know one night. If whoever doesn't make this one, you're playing yourself first of all. And and for me, like uh, if you if you look at Run DMC, my first record, I was ten years old. I bought Rockbox. You know my name is Joseph Simmons, but my middle name is Lord. When I'm rocking on the mic, you should all it because we're in, dealing. We got a funny feeling. You know that's the way feel. It's made us feel a certain way. We have memories. And so that's what's happening now with our young folks. They st- they understand that they stand on the shoulders of, of people who've allowed them to make a lot of money today. And the, and the older generation understands that like everything else, you know, times have changed. The way it right. goes, the internet, social media. And so, you know, we just should not let outside forces dictate our narrative. And what this is what this year is all about bringing it all together so that we can celebrate hip-hop from the beginning until now, the same way that rock and roll does it, the same way that country music does it, that's what I'm hoping comes out of this 50th anniversary of hip-hop.
0: No, and I think that's the case. And Marley, it's it's also too, you look at just the the evol- uh, evolution through the years and you, you've always been on the forefront with, with technology and sounds and, and that type of thing. It's like, this isn't like back in the day where, you had to have thousands and thousands of dollars to step foot in a very expensive recording studio or, or get a lot of expensive equipment right. to make music. There's a lot more accessibility. There's a lot more opportunity, it seems. Tell us about that.
1: Well, definitely. I'm one of the guys that that brought in the home studios aspect to the whole game because everybody was going to PowerPlay. Everybody was going to unique. I was in Queensbridge and 4114-12 Street making hits right in the living room so you know i was like one of the first people to to start that to start producing from the house because studios were expensive back then i was like looking at it like this if i'm gonna spend this money and go in the studio i'm, I'm gonna buy that same equipment and put it in my house and use it for free so basically <laughs> so basically that's what changed the game right there a lot of people started you know producing from the house and not going to studios and that well, you know, the Max came out, Max got powerful and that took out the studios. And, you know, now you got kids in their living room or in their bedrooms making beats on Fruity Loops. And those are million dollar ints right now. That's
0: right. Joe, that's so crazy. Chuck, what about the opportunities that exist now uh, for artists, you know, to make, have different types of income coming in and, and really make it a viable career? How do you see that?
3: Yeah, I mean, these kids are getting paid, you know what I mean? A lot of kids are you know, really just leaving or not even entering the industry so much. And they're just doing it on their own. You know, there's so many opportunities for show money. You know, streaming money is cool, but really streaming is just a marketing to upsell somebody to a show or merch or, you know, even social media can get you paid at this point. So there are a lot of different avenues for kids to get paid. And, you know, making a living out of hip hop is not, hard anymore, it's not as hard, I should say, it's not as hard. I mean, there's obviously way, way, way more people, but if you can get a thousand people, uh, you can pretty much do some damage really at that point. And, um, and if you're able to multiply that and you, you're good. And I think that the global aspect of hip hop now with the internet, it makes that possible. Um, Whereby back in the day you had to really work your local, you know, your local block or whatever, your local market, and then spread to the next closest market, and and go from
2: there, and hope you get a deal, or hope you meet uh, EPMD or someone that can put you on, and then you could go from there. Lisa, you could go from there and do so many other things. I mean, look what Fifty Cent has done with the whole Power series. Look at Fat Joe being an entrepreneur. I don't have to tell you about Jay Z and Diddy, right? Um, you know, so when so when you look at what other folks have been able to do around clothing, around Um, uh, perfumes around, um, you know, just setting up a a separate business, I think a lot of the young folks now are starting to realize that, yes, you can do music, but music is just the beginning of opening up even more opportunities, not only for themselves, but for their family members and for their community.
0: And then also in in terms of the, we we talk about, let's talk about Fed Joe for a minute, product of the South Bronx. He's going to be on that Yankee Stadium stage. He's really um, he, he's done he's done a lot in terms of the community all throughout his career, and remained extremely relevant to things that were going you know that are going on on the streets. I mean, I, he came with me to Rikers Island to do a Street Soldiers episode there for the detainees and the uh, correction officers. But what about that in terms of and Chuck? How we view artists now too? Because there are there are some well, there's a, there's a good number of them that have have remained very relevant and very active at kind of like every stage of their career.
3: Yeah. I mean, now we're looking at artists, we're older now, so we're looking at artists in a different light. You know, the days of sort of Al Sharpton and Reverend Jesse Jackson are not saying they're gone, but they're, you know, Reverend Jesse Jackson, literally just retired. So we're seeing our, our artists grow, mature, soak up the game, soak up the politics. And now they're, you know, evolving into leaders and people who we listen to uh, what they have to say. And I think that's the logical um, way to move as a career. And it's also a position of leadership, which, you know, I think is lacking a little bit in our communities. So we need those people to work with community leaders, boots on the ground and really make change in our communities. So I think it's a great thing.
0: There's no, this. absolutely, Molly. What about the what about the hip hip hop's role in really drawing light to a lot of things? You know, like the, some some of the serious issues I cover every day as a as a news reporter.
1: Well, definitely, I, I think hip hop became the voice of that right now because the hip hop is the voice of the streets. Basically, when things happen in the streets, you could you could find out through hip hop what really happened. And a lot of a lot of guys is like they they. Talking on these records, but you know, hip hop is the voice of the streets right now. If you want to know what's really going on, give a listen to the next record
2: because they they tell you what's happening in the streets. That's real, and that's oh, the absolutely. that's the evolution. Lisa, remember the message, right? right? Right. Right. Time was born
0: with no state of mind. Yeah. life with mankind. Right. Yeah. All right, we're gonna take that. I can't be blind to the clock though. We have to take a short break. Our short break, and we'll be back right after this.
1: What to do this Kevin Gates, from right now, I'm kicking in with Lisa Evers.
0: Welcome back to this episode of Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. We're celebrating hip hop's 50th anniversary, talking about a big concert, probably the biggest concert of the, the hip hop 50 live concert taking place at Yankee Stadium and uh, talking about the artists, talking about the evolution, the hip hop museum, all of the things that have evolved, all these positive developments. So joining me for this amazing conversation, the one and only DJ Marley legendary DJ, Grammy Award-winning producer, and uh, he's going to be on that stage at Yankee Stadium stage. Marley, thank you so much for being with us.
1: Yes, thank you for having me. Pleasure to be here.
0: We appreciate it. Also with us is Chuck Kriegberg. He's a CEO and co-founder of AllHipHop.com, and he's covered pretty much every stage of hip-hop. Chuck, thanks for being with us. Thanks for having me. We appreciate it. Also with us is... Uh, Ruben Diaz Jr., he's a board member of the Hip Hop Museum, and he is also the former Bronx Borough President who began working years ago trying to get hip hop recognized and trying to get the Bronx uh, recognized as the birthplace of hip hop. Ruben, thank you so much for being with us. Ruben, when you look at that lineup of who's coming to the the Yankee Stadium, I I don't want to put you on the spot about singling out some of your favorites, but but what are you looking forward to the most? First of all, the energy's gonna be unbelievable. That's number
2: one right It's gonna be historic. So I already talked about, you know, my, buying my first record, Run DMC, Rockbox. We got Snoop Dogg, Little yeah. Wayne, Wiz Khalifa, um, Ice Cube, Fat Joe, Remy Ma, A Boogie, Eve, Little Kim, Trina. T.I., um, um, Cameron, Common, EPMD, Ghostface, Luke Fiasco, Slick Rick, DJ Koo Herc, the father of hip-hop, is going to be there. You got Marley Marl. You got Kick, you got so many different people. And that's just the beginning. Like earlier in the day, we're going to have the, like I said, the free block party. And the next day, uh, we have KRS1, the teacher. He's going to be out there and see the park. So remember when he came in, he said outside and see the park. Power from the streetlight made the place dark. But yo, know, they didn't care. So, this is just going to be a fantastic celebration of this genre who has informed so many of us over five decades and will continue to take over the planet.
0: Marley, tell us about the, you know, your DJ and the whole up there. Can you give us a little bit of a preview of that?
1: Yeah, I think I'm going to get up there. We're going to do a Mr. Magic tribute since he's like one of the fathers of, of radio and hip hop. And we're going to do a Bismarck tribute. T.J. Swan's going to come out with me, so it's going to be crazy. You know, T.J. Swan used to sing on all the Bismarck records. Nobody's seen him since everything happened. So he'll wow. definitely hit that stage. It's going to be crazy.
0: That is going to be crazy. And Mr. rest, rest in peace to Mr. Magic, because he was there um, with the early days of early days of hip-hop on radio and then later on on Hot 97 also, too, on uh, on Sunday nights. And, and I'll never forget my first thing was... Oh my god! I'm having a rap. <laughs> I still say that sometimes, like I get that. Uh, I'm covering something. And I'm just like going, "Oh my god! I'm having a rap attack." Let me blast something. Let me bump something really loud and roll down yeah. the windows. And I just I feel so much better. But Marley, in terms of the role of the DJ, you guys have played, a, and you're also a music producer too. How important and critical have the DJs been in terms of shaping the sounds? and shaping this history of hop.
1: Well, you gotta think about it. Without the DJ, there probably wouldn't be any MC because the DJ was the foundation putting the music down. And you know, that's why there's Flash, that's why there's Herc, that's why there's Afrika Bambaataa. Those were the DJs that that really put the beat out for the for the MCs to rhyme, for the graph graft people to do the graffiti and for the break to dance. So I think it, it starts with the DJ. A lot, of, a lot of times it starts with the DJ, because if there's no soundtrack, there's no movement, there's no writing, there's no dancing, there's no rapping. And, you know, I, I think the DJ was a very, very important part to the, to the whole genre and the growth of it too, because the DJ became the producer. Now, right. now you're producing beats and, you know, there, who's not a, a great DJ producer? There's millions of them out there, you know. Everybody's following the blueprint in which we started, and you know we appreciate
0: that. No, you were you were definitely on the cutting edge of that, of like the D, the DJ becoming the actual producer, putting the artists together.
3: And you look he was at where super that superstar, though he was a superstar DJ producer though Keith <laughs> hit a bump. You know what I mean? Like he was the he he turned him and JMSJ were like in superstars straight like that. You know what I mean? It's just so weird
1: that you know. I was just DJing in the park in Queensbridge, and a few weeks later, next thing you know, we're on private jets, and this is where hip hop took us. So, you know, I'm
2: very appreciative to my life, so I'm selling it. Hey, anybody? No, I hear. Any young producers out there, they need to study Mar- Marley Mall. Um, you know, if you look at some of the greats now, even, even someone like Dr. Drake, who's one of my favorites, is all about the keyboard. He did that with my melody. He did that with the symphony. He did that with a bunch of Kooji Rap songs. That's the formula there, you know, the the the, the keyboard. And so, uh, again, he, Molly, I I salute you because you were the one who one of the ones who pioneered the transition between, you know, rapping over a James Brown sample or a George Clinton sample, right, into having your own actual sound, introducing that to hip hop.
1: Well, I got to be honest, I didn't hear anybody sampling the way I was sampling when I was doing it. You know, I I had to be like the first, one of the first to do it because I used to work at Unique. They used to put vocals in the samples. And I'm like, hold up, I could put hip hop in that sampler. And, you know, I went home and did it. And the the next thing you know, everybody's coming to my house. They don't know what I was doing, but we was making hits right out of Queensbury's, right out of the crib. That's crazy.
0: Right out of that apartment. Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> looking at the bridge right out the window. I remember walk over there, uh, Queens the Bridge, the bridge, the bridge. The,
1: the bridge. That's right. I got that picture.
0: <laughs> no, I do. I do. I do too. Um, Chuck, what what is it about hip hop though? Because I think I think it's been true in in pretty much every era. The that there's the urgency of the fans to want to be in touch with everything that's going on, and then also this whole global. You know, this whole global national movement and global movement and this, I mean, hip hop culture came out of our most under-resourced, challenged communities of color and, and to be embraced and exalted by the world.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty crazy to see it happen and, and roll out the way it, way it did. I mean, and, and I think that other countries, other places are using it um, almost the way it started, you know, because... In France, for example, they're having revolutions over there, but right. other places hip hoppers are being persecuted for speaking out against governments and speaking out against crime and violence against the people. And so, you know, each place has a different use of the culture and as it serves them. So I think it's really remarkable to, to understand and, and bear witness to the strength of hip hop as a culture and as a force. And I think that it is that voice of the voiceless. It's kind of a cliche at this point, but it but it really is the truth. And again, some of these young people who, you know, we might not like their style or whatever, and they'll say, oh, okay, you don't like my style? Watch what I do. And then they actually find a way to break through. And that's just the power of the culture. I mean, if you think about 50 Snit, you know, we've been talking about him recently. 50 Cent, you know, he had the industry against him at one time. He was blackballed. He had the streets right. against him at, in the other side. And he still found a way to break through being, being blackballed in pretty much every aspect of his life. Right. Right. It's just strength the hip hop and the resilience of 50 Cent as a human, but to really reach the status he is now, which I do believe he's a billionaire at this point. But to have that impact in several industries—spirits, TV, and film—as well, uh, music—you know, so it, it's crazy. And plus, you're talking
0: about you're talking about Fifty Cent, who I did the first TV interview with, um, you know, back in 2003 with Get Richard to and a number of interviews since that time. Mm-hmm. But also to his charity, what he's doing with his his G Unity Foundation, and then try to teach entrepreneurship. Uh, to youth in a lot of our in, in a lot of our urban communities, too, is like just the the, the scope of that. But, Ruben, we'll, we'll speak to the um, speak yeah, just,
2: to your culture. Yeah, generally speaking, the telltale sign of the arrival of hip-hop and the acceptance is government. You know, fight them out, right? Loud, right? Just, so hip-hop originally started as, you know, a bunch of black and brown kids in underserved communities like the Bronx and Brooklyn, you know, speaking as to how government was turning their backs on them. Fast forward now, you know you have the two U.S. senators of the state of New York, um, um, assigning designating federal dollars for the hip hop museum. In aggregate, we've had the city, the state, and the federal government put in more than forty million dollars for the museum, which is going to open up next year. Just to build it out, it's going to be over fifty thousand square feet. And you, wow. and, and Chuck Schumer, who is the majority leader. The majority leader, the leader of the U.S. Of so the U.S. Senate, of the U.S. Senate. A dropped bombs. We call him Killer Chuck, you know? And, <laughs> bro- we, you know, um, the Bronx, the birthplace of hip-hop. That's huge. That says now that, you know, there's this acceptance. That, and, 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 and collectively, as an entire community, we have a responsibility to continue to build for the next 50 years to come.
0: And plus, plus we've seen, too, like, politicians get asked now, politicians get asked, like, Who's on your playlist or what are you listening to? I mean, I think of, of, of President Barack Obama. You know, people were talking about, oh, he's got Jay Z. You know, and, and, and instead of that being a cosign of, of Jay Z, that was a cosign to a lot of people like, oh, okay, he knows who Jay Z is. He knows the
2: song. So How King Jeffries, the leader of the Democrats in the House of Representatives, quotes Biggie on the floor all the time. <laughs> a Carl he's the Assembly Speaker of the New York State Assembly. Everybody knows that he's a big Jay Z fan, and you see him, you know, in his car pumping hip hop music, and that's just the beginning. I mean, there's so many different elected officials; they're going to be out there in big numbers on August 11th. So, you know, we advise everybody get your tickets and be there.
0: No, they're totally going to be there. And then, but but Ruben, I just just to give people a sense of perspective of, of where it's come from, and like more than 20, over the last 20 plus 20 plus years, when you first came on Three Soldiers, we were talking about stop and frisk which later was proven you know in, in federal courts to be racial profiling, which was what we were seeing on the on the streets. You came on, you're, you were the youngest assemblyman, I think 22 or 23 years old. And um, you were stopped in your in your in a car with the New York State Assembly license plates on it. So t- tell us about that when you, you think about that moment to you know all of the individuals you just you just mentioned and the accomplishments and your accomplishments too. What do you think? Like, is anything possible?
2: Everything is possible. Um, at the time, I was a young assembly member. I was stopped with my cousin. I was in hoodie, Tim's, going from my house to my mother's house, and they 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 um they treated us as if we stole the assembly person's car, and they threw us on the floor without asking us any questions. When they finally saw that I had assembly ID, then the cops say, "Oh, why you didn't tell us?" Well, I shouldn't have to tell you. You should have treated me with respect to begin with. And, to, you know, um, you're the one who dubbed me the hip-hop assemblyman when Amadou Diallo, who's an African-American oh man, was shot at 41 times and hit with 19 of those bullets. I remember that we there was a lot going on, a lot of protests. I went to the studios on Hot 97, and and during our break, you heard me rap a little bit because, you know, I like to, you know, rap and, and you know, um, um, spit some rhymes some songs that I grew up with. And when we came back from break, you were like, oh, ladies and gentlemen, you should have heard what was going on in the break. We had the New York City, you know, the, the the first hip-hop assemblyman. And so many who heard that in the Bronx heard you say that, that the title stuck. And then I became the hip-hop borough president and the hip-hop politician. Now I'm no longer elected and I sit on the hip-hop museum board. And it's just, you know, again, it's the love of my life. It's a labor of love. And I'm so happy that we're going to be able to share the history and the story of hip-hop. To the entire planet
0: no i i too um we're going to take a short break while we come back i'm going to ask our guests where what do they think is ahead for hip-hop all these barriers have been broken all these opportunities there's a huge vista of new uh n- new opportunities really that are out there for everybody we're going to find out
1: Yeah, yeah, what up, what up, what up? This is Styles Peter, Ghost, and this is Street Soldiers with Lisa Evers. Real issues, real politics, and real people, only on Hot 97. Yeah, Ghost told you so.
0: Welcome back to this episode of Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. We are celebrating hip-hop's 50th anniversary and talking about the Hip-Hop 50 live concert at Yankee Stadium on the actual birthday of hip-hop. Joining me for this conversation, DJ Marley Wall, legendary DJ. Grammy award-winning producer, and he's just he's just done so much. He's one of the super super DJs, superstar DJs in the culture throughout the years. Marley, thank you so much for being with us. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. We appreciate it. Also with us is Chuck Creekmore. He's a CEO, a co-founder of AllHipHop.com, documenting it, documenting everything, documenting everything that's been going on, and also talking with artists, famous and not so famous, but all ones that he is believed in throughout the years. Chuck, thank you so much for being with us. Glad to be here. We appreciate it. Also with us is Ruben Diaz Jr. He is a board member of the Hip Hop Museum and the former Bronx Grove President and the original hip hop politician back in the 90s, the late 90s, with the, uh, as the Hip Hop Assemblyman. So Ruben, thank you so much for being with us. having me. We really appreciate it. Marley, when you look at where hip hop is now, what do you think about like, okay, the next 50 years I mean what what do you see as some of the big you know big trends that are just kind of now germinating
1: I'm looking at definitely bigger collaborations I'm looking at the females coming into hip-hop I really appreciate that it's it's good to see um but I'm I'm definitely looking at the females because that's dope I like how the females are coming up in hip-hop and kind of taking over because you know the guys is talking they yapping but the girls is you know they dancing and you know it's kind of sexy to look at and you know they definitely doing anything i'm looking at the females I'm, I'm watching the females definitely take it take over hip-hop and I'm, and I'm seeing it and i'm very excited about it
0: i'm happy i'm happy that you say that not and you're not just saying that because of me right no no um, <laughs> the uh the fee- the whole female thing I think has been so empowering for, for girls and for women because it's it show it's showing you can still be feminine, you can still look feminine if you want to, but you can still be get out there and show, you know, show what you've got, your skills, your dancing, all of these types of things in like a full full dimension. So I think I think for girls it's really good and and and, and with it too, and really really empowering.
1: I like scarlet. That's all I'm talking about. I like scarlet. <laughs>
0: that- I've interviewed her. No, totally. So do do a lot of fans, too, because her her authenticity. Chuck, what about that in terms of the new frontiers that we're seeing for hip hop?
3: I mean, I definitely feel like we're at a crossroads. Absolutely, like at a really pivotal moment for the culture. Um, And I've definitely been totally focused on the next 50 years. I think it's... um, not more important than the last 50, obviously, but it is critical that we just take control of our culture. And we're in positions of power now. We have political connects. We have corporate connects, government connects. We have all types of connections. And and we have the streets, obviously. Um, Technology is going to be more and more important. I want to see us seize, you know, control of, you know, we're early adopters, but I want to start creating again. I want to start making things and and really just taking control of our platforms and really steering the culture in the right direction. I also, as I've always said, I want to see more balance, you know. I want to see more and more hip-hop artists that are saying different things and hearing different, the future flavors, if you will, you know what I'm saying? And and really seeing what uh, the depth of what we want. You know, we have so much up here. We use about 3% of our brains. I want to see other... Uh, ninety-seven percent is doing. No, absolutely. Yes. And, and... But I'm. I will say this: I'm extremely excited. I think it's it's a great feeling of anticipation about what's next.
0: No, I I, I feel that way too. Ruben, what what about from the the global perspective too, the the cultural perspective? Because we're increasingly a society and a world where we're multicultural. Do you think hip hop is going to help equalize some of the the, the inequities that that still remain especially in some of these other countries too where people are just women are just fighting to be able to drive cars and bullet kid and 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 some of the rappers are they're just they're really fighting for for free speech just to be able to tell what they see what do you think right. about
2: that? right so short term I'm going to continue to make sure that we control our narrative and and tell our history with the museum we invite people to come and see our pop-up at um 610 exterior is the evolution of hip-hop Across the street from where the museum is going to happen, but long term, you're right. I think that what we need to continue to do is to educate ourselves that making money is one thing, managing it and, make, and having financial independence and entrepreneurship is something else. So we have to get have all of these folks who are making money off of the music to then continue to expand. I hope that we take over politics. I hope that we you know um, uh, learn a w- you know find a way to solve the conundrum of streaming. And how we pay artists, especially those from, you know, from years past adequately when we continue to listen to their music. And then lastly, Lisa, none of this can happen if we do not find a way to change the mindset of the culture. So it's one of peace and unity. There's too much violence in our community. And I think that the only mechanism, the only forum that can solve that is music. In this case, it's hip hop.
0: No, absolutely. And then Marley, I, I want to close with you because you're the you're the one here that's going to be on that Yankee Stadium stage. You know when the batters in baseball they go up to that home plate, some of them have like a little ritual that they do before they before they take that take that first wing. Do you all these shows that you've done, these stadiums and arenas and stages that you've been on and been in, do you? Do you have a little thing you can share with us, like a secret Marley Marl good luck thing that you do before you go out when you're, you're going to be looking at like what, over 50,000 people?
1: Yeah, what I usually do, to be honest, every morning I wake up, I thank God that I woke up because you know, I went through my heart, heart attack a few years ago, fully healthy now off the meds. All right. Now for me, Um, I just thank God every morning I wake up for life and you know, for my accomplishments and. Start my day, and that's what I do before I do a show too. I always just thank God for the for the privilege of being there. That's
0: real. All
3: right. Well, we're gonna look forward to seeing you. And catching uh, catch, catch I, up wait, with you, there. May, you Might see me on that stage because I know a few of those artists. <laughs> I'm working my way, I'm working my way in there. Yeah. <laughs> wait, Chuck, you gonna you gonna try to rap? No, it, don't sleep on your boy. I got a couple bars locked. <laughs> you know, yeah. Please. I got bigs. I got bigs. Oh, okay. I'm gonna hold you
2: to that. I'm <laughs> The hype man. Y'all be the hype man. <laughs>
0: yeah, and then we'll free styling, the freestyling, the freestyling hype man. Look
3: at listen to listen to the first song on Coogee Rap's last album. You'll you you'll see your name on there, Jigsaw. You'll see, right. Oh, okay, Jigsaw. All right, we'll we'll we'll, def- we'll definitely look for that. Okay. All
0: right, guys. Thank you so much for being with us for this episode of Street Soldiers. I appreciate it. We appreciate it. And thank you for joining us for this episode of Sweet Soldiers. Remember, use your mind as your best weapon. I hope it's your only weapon. I'm Lisa Evers. Let's put for peace, love, and justice for all.